Hello everybody and welcome to this week's episode of Magically Cruising, the cruise podcast where we share our personal experience and reviews of cruising. I'm Gewart, I'm an independent travel agent specialising in cruise holidays, Disney and North America, and I'm joined by my fellow co-hosts Sarah and Donna. Do you guys want to say hello? Hello, I'm Donna, I write over at Cruising for All, Cruising with Kids, and I also write lightlovedo.com. And I'm Sarah, co-writer at Cruising for All, Cruising with Kids, and also I write over at Extraordinary Chaos. So this week we're going to do another one of our cruise reviews and recently Sarah you've been sailing on Norwegian Cruise Line so do you want to let us know a little bit more about which ship you've been sailing on please? Yes so I cruised on Norwegian Encore so she is a breakaway plus class ship that was launched in 2019 so we were on it for the inaugural which is what motivated me to want to go back because I loved the ship. She holds 3,998 passengers and registered it's just a crew of 1735 okay cool so you obviously picked the ship then mainly because the inaugural season but have you sailed with norwegian before in the past no never um so well, apart from bliss and encore on both of their inaugurals but the friends that we traveled with travel with nco a lot so it was an easy sell to them but i just saw the sailing it was a great deal went to the caribbean which in february just makes sense yeah. And um, thought, no, I want to see more of the ship. But I also wanted Chris to see the ship. We did invite the boys, but the boys didn't want to go. Um, I think they really regretted that after. But um, yeah, it was just, I think the ship's got so much to offer. So it's just, it's different, isn't it? It's, it's, it's a similar type of thing to Royal, I suppose, but they offer a different offering. Before we deep dive into it too much, I guess. So, so Donna, have you yet to sail Norwegian? I think you've been on Norwegian oh, in the past. I've, I've only been on the Encore, on the on the inaugural sailing, which was about three days, um, and it was amazing. I, I one of the best things I liked about it was the amount of different entertainment venues they had. That I was just blown away by that. So I I loved it, really enjoyed it, and I I definitely will sail on it again. In fact, I've got one booked so for next year. Uh-huh. Yeah. Cool. Okay. I personally haven't yet sailed with Norwegian, but I think the line definitely appeals to me because it is a very multi-generation and I think it fits into the type of ship I like, that resort category. Um, so obviously you're going to get, and I'm sure you can tell us a little bit more about that as we go on, but there's a lot of um, stuff for kind of the older um, market as well as lots of kids facilities as well, which I think is a really cool thing. And as you say, they kind of compare similarly in offering, at least anyway, to Royal Caribbean, but they do things very differently for Royal as well, don't they? Yes, definitely. Cool. Okay, so what would be your highlight of the ship then? If we're going to jump in and kind of straight away with what was the thing you enjoyed the most about the ship? The promenade, I loved. I mean, every I know I bring this up on every podcast, but I hate packed pools. It just really stresses me out. And the pool is packed, but they've only got two pools on this ship. So for a ship that's got 4,000 passengers, but then I think it's more designed for the Alaskan, those sort of sailings. So the pool was busy, but then they've got this whole promenade deck which was on deck a and they've got all areas all the way around the edge so there's loads and loads of seating areas big comfy sofas so you don't have to go to the pool and we spent so much time down there so i'd say that was a highlight in the day and the entertainment i mean the cavern i just can't describe it we took friends of us who are absolute mad beatles fans and hate cheese and i was i was dreading taking (laughs) them i was dreading it do you know they went they went every night <laughs> they just really? loved it because it's so well done that our friend Hugh he's just I really thought we'd hate it because he's just a mega music fan and John 
and they loved it. They, they went. They even went when they went in the theatre because they were so good. It's and the atmosphere and everything they yeah. do, they do very well. I think the shame was that they took Kinky Boots off. Um, but okay. then again, they've, they've got the choir of men on. So yeah, for me, definitely a highlight is the entertainment. It's fantastic. Yeah. Definitely, that was my favourite thing. Actually, was the cabin. I, I loved the cabin. And I, I saw a choir of man um, when I was on, on call last time. And I, I love the choir of man as well. So, yeah, entertainment's out of this world. It's brilliant. It's it's one of the things to point out as well of the atmosphere, I guess, if you could tell us a little bit more about the flow of the evenings. Because, I, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, but my understanding is um, Norwegian don't do the typical first seat in, second seat in, and you kind of have the entertainment to go around that. It's a lot more freestyle and they're being... Oh. Um, advertising the way they advertise themselves is more the freestyle and um, cruising so it's not a case of you dictated when you have to eat and when you have to watch the show a lot of the entertainment is just kind of happening at different times so you could dine at different times can you explain a little bit more about how that works yeah so the, the app is incredible it's it's really good and there's so much going on so there's actually a comedy club on board as well there's a nightclub you've got the cavern which is i mean you can see um it's act it looks it's not exactly the same as what the cavern would look like, but it's as well designed as if it was in Disney. That's what it would look like, the cavern. Um, and then they've got the theatre. They've got so many different entertainment venues and they've got the main atrium where there's always stuff going on. So you've just literally got to look at your planner and think, right, that's what I want to see and I'm going to dine around that. You can book all your meals from your planner. Now, I saw a review yesterday, you know, actually in our group, of someone saying that they couldn't get restaurants. We didn't struggle. We did more speciality dining than we got because you get the free at sea package mm-hmm. so we did extra and we were able we sat on the first day booked everything booked our shows planned it all it was really easy to do and then we, we did shuffle stuff and change stuff so i really like that about ncl that it's got that flexibility and there was stuff we didn't get to do because we couldn't do that and that but there's so much going on at night one of our friends before we went said it's going to be like forced fun um, <laughs> the, the very thought of forced at least he got abused for the whole holiday oh. but he came home and said this is the way forward we are cruisers now he loved it Amazing. so much it's not forced fun it's just really good it's brilliant would you say it's more that of it's kind of you can opt into as much as you want so if you're somebody who loves entertainment you can obviously plan your entire day around seeing all the different entertainment activities but equally if you're somebody who wants to just relax and wind enjoy a glass of wine in the evening and just watch the atmosphere can the ship offer that to you as well yes there is i mean there's a great whiskey bar where you could just go and it's really quite chilled out they have a pianist and there's a jazz bar i think I'm trying to think. It's all blurs in at night, doesn't it? Craft beer pub, isn't there? Oh, that! I mean, Amazing. the craft beer—they actually have a brewery. Yeah, and it—it's it, it's like it's themed around a Harley Davidson cafe, and we actually spent a lot of time in there because it was really cold as well, which because it was so hot in the Caribbean. But they've got all the different beers. You can see the beer being brewed, and that's where they have the piano man. But the piano man was like no piano man I've ever seen because he was really sarcastic. He was dead wrong and acted like he couldn't be bothered, which was part of his act, which made him even better. So, yeah, you don't have to do... You, you could just go and sit somewhere quiet. There's loads of quiet bars. You, you've got the option. It's There's lots... It's on car. I mean, would you agree, Don? It's like loads of little pockets. Yeah, definitely. There's so many different places to go. You've got the Galaxy Pavilion, if you like stuff like that. Um, upstairs, you've got the laser up the top. You've got the 
go-karts, everywhere there's a different bar or something different entertainment-wise, a nightclub, everything is amazing. I think that's that's a good thing to point out, actually. Like, it's crazy to think that they've put go-karts on a cruise ship, and obviously Norwegian are the only cruise lines that have go-karts on their cruise ships, but, you know, it's crazy to think that that's the level of yeah. entertainment you're going to get on board and level activities on board that you've got, you know. Is it two-story on Encore? Well, it's huge. It's huge. I mean, I didn't go on this time because I've done it before and I wanted to film it. Um, and I've done it once, so I don't want to go fast. I just want to go around slow. And <laughs> everyone we went with was dead competitive. I mean, they were discussing strategy on the way to the <laughs> go-karts. It's like 50-year-old men and they were all like really competitive. Um, so I just, I just took video. It's, it's insane. It's on the top of a ship. I mean, it, all right, it's, they're electric and they're not as fast. They're fast enough. As I say, next door to it, you've got that really cool diner, haven't you? With all like the different chairs, the cars and stuff like that. It's like um, out of Greece. Yeah. It's like the American really? diner in Greece. Diner. Yeah. And uh, it's, you sit in the car. Uh, you, uh, I've linked a blog post. There's pictures of it in there. And, it, and you've got like big Buicks, I think they are. And you actually have your dinner in them. It's, the atmosphere is really good. It's So, yeah, the theming is fantastic. And then obviously on the back of that, you've got, which I didn't do, You've got the Laser Quest, which is the just, I think it's called uh, something Poseidon Adventure or something like that, or Atlantis. And you've got this huge snake. And it's just, whoever designed this ship, the design and the theming is just, it's, it's incredible. It's great. It's amazing. So me and Phil are an adult-only couple. Would you say if you didn't have kids and you weren't interested in all these extra activities, do you feel like you're missing out on part of the ship? Or is there equally a lot to do for just adult-only couples on board as well? We didn't take, I mean, obviously our kids are adults now anyway, but we didn't take them with us because they declined to come. Um, and then, as I say, deeply regretted it. But uh, so it was it was four couples and we had a whale of a time. We did, I mean, we did nearly everything apart from the slide, the ocean loop. And that was because nobody's allowed on that. The restrictions are so tight that even really? if you've got a tiny bit of plastic on your swimming costume, you can't go on. I think basically... As a concept, it doesn't work because where every time I think you've got to be over a certain weight, under a certain weight, not have any plastic on, and the amount of times people got stuck in it. Oh, so it, <laughs> there was there was never a pew because they turned more people away than they let on, and then when there was someone on, they ninety percent of the time got stuck. Oh so no, that was a bit of a shame. But we did everything apart from that. Um, and the, there's another giant slide that's got all lights inside it. So no, I don't think you need to have kids with you because actually as adults, we're all kids at heart, aren't we? So there's loads to do. And we had a, such a good time doing all the stuff. We did the Galaxy Pavilion. Um, I'd say just pay for half hour, don't pay for a week. I had to go straight to the desk after and get a travel sick tablet, but it was worth really? it. Really? So this is the um, like VR augmented reality play space, isn't it? Where they've got lots of interactive games yeah. and VR and things like that on board. Yeah. Yeah, so you put a headset on and like some of them you go into, you go and sit in a, what did me completely finish me off, you go and sit in a space rocket and go through space <laughs> and, it, and you feel like you're going upside down. Yeah. And then there was one where you're in the jungle and uh, in, a, in a jeep and you're going through and there's dinosaurs. Um, oh, there's one that you're flying. Walk the plank, isn't there? Yeah, that was shot when we were oh, on. Oh, no. I was gutted. I really wanted to do it. But there was one where you walked through a maze and there was, you know, them rabbits, the ones with big yeah. teeth and they're naughty. The, and so it was them. Um, 
So and they were trying to get you, and you were shooting them, but you were walking through the maze. I mean, we had so much fun just watching each other do that because it's just like a square box. <laughs> a bunch of people walking around aimlessly, like in. The... <laughs> so no, it's it's all very clever and all really very well done. There's a there's a, a football thing. The only thing you couldn't do it included. Let me just find the price. I've wrote it somewhere. I've got the prices of all of them in. So the speedway was fifteen dollars per session and I think it was about 10 minutes Lost City of Atlantis the laser quest was nine ninety five, and the Galaxy Pavilion you could pay $200 for a week's pass or you just do 20, $29 for 30 minutes honestly that's enough because once you've done it and you've had your travel sync tablet and recovered uh, you, it was good <laughs> <laughs> all of us literally went down to Purse's desk but it was good it was brilliant <laughs> I think this is that great thing though, there's lots of options for people. So, you know, you don't have to, and I guess if you're filling a longer sailing as well, because so Norwegian do some really fantastic kind of, you know, 10, 11 night sailings as well. Uh-huh. So there's a lot of time as well on board the ship. So to yeah. have all these options, even if you just make a day of, or an afternoon on the ship doing these things, I think it's a great way to break up a sailing as well. If you're kind of looking for something a bit more interactive, a bit more engaging to do on your sailing. Definitely. I mean, the only thing that I'd say... My one of my well, quite a few of my friends actually were really horrified by they weigh you for everything. <laughs> wow! So nobody it, like, needs to be like body shamed when you're on holiday on a cruise. Honestly, eating your I, way. Wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't even look. And my friend's husband was trying to look at one of my other friends. You dragged him away because <laughs> he was trying to look at her weight. So that that was a bit. They they literally mm-hmm. weighed everyone um, to go on everything, which I suppose there's there's restrictions, but I mean. I don't think any of us looked like we broke that. Well, here was the thing. When we were at Virtuosa, like Virtuosa MSC, all the elevators are mirrored. And I said oh. to Phil one day, I was like, this is a lot of mirrors to look at myself on a seven-day cruise when I've been eating nonstop <laughs> for seven days. Like, I don't need to be reminded of how I look. And so I got every possible opportunity when you using the lips. I'd be a body shamed. I'm now, I don't need that. So, yeah, that's that, not something that you'd be down for either every day. Like you start off at the beginning of the week and then get heavier at the end of the week as you kind of go along. <laughs> so one thing that's a bit unique to Norwegian as well is they have their cruise-only fare, but they also have free at sea. Um, an interesting figure I've been told by our sales managers is that something like 98% of people who sail with Norwegian get free at sea. Um, so do you want to explain a little bit more about what that is and how that worked for you? Yeah, so we got uh, we all got the free at sea package. So you get the free basic drinks package, Um which isn't really that basic. It's got lots of cocktail options, lots of premium, and even stuff like it doesn't do Baileys, but they've got a really good Baileys option if you want Baileys at the end of the night. Um, so there's lots available under that drinks package. The only thing I'd say that I don't agree with is you can't get water. So you have to upgrade to the next package, which is a bit of a cost. And really the only thing for me would have been water. I drink a lot of water. Um, they do do drinks bottles on board, but they don't let you fill them up. So... You have to go up to the restaurant and uh, up to the buffet and fill them up. And they, and they still tell you don't fill them up there. But I just did because it's a basic human right to have water. But you could get water packages, but it was just quite difficult to get water. But other than that, everything was included. You get free Wi-Fi, but that is off the top of my head. I think it's half an hour, but it's, it's actually really good because I mean, I'm a heavy user, so I've got the package. If you're not going to use it a lot and you just want to check in on home, then you just you go into the app, you turn it off, and you turn it back on oh. when you need it. So, and my friend left hers on by accident, and she went and said, "Oh, what?" And they they just reset it, so they're they're really good with it. 
Um, so that was, even though you don't get free Wi-Fi as such, you get heart free, whatever it is, 25 minutes, half an hour. You can turn it on and turn it on. But one really amazing thing, and it's a glitch in the system, and I don't know if it's just this ship, but you can use Messenger. So Donna texts me one day, one morning, and I had a, I had a heart attack because I was on <laughs> airplane mode. And you know, you think, oh my God, it's been on all night. I have left like my roaming on because otherwise it was my package. I hadn't bought my package in. And I checked everything. Anyway, when I searched it, Messenger, miraculously, for some reason, wow. it's a glitch that you can text you can text home without we a package. Disney. Weirdly, Disney have the same thing. Yeah, Facebook Messenger and WhatsApp will go in through, even without the without the Wi-Fi package. It must yeah, just be it's... they don't block that particular port, as in like the router address for that app. And you touch on board as well, isn't it, I suppose? Yeah, it is. And that was really handy for us because we all messaged yeah. WhatsApp didn't work, uh, so we just all text, and, and it was brilliant because not everybody got the package. It was only me that really needed it. The other thing you get is two speciality dining options, which are worth every penny. So we did the French restaurant. So let me just find... I've got the prices here of the French restaurant. Oh, this is Cagney's. So we did Cagney's Steakhouse, and I, it was... I can't even remember how many courses we had. We had mm. loads. And for a ribeye steak, I think... I don't know if you had to pay £10... $10 supplement, but they're $39. Jumbo shrimp skewer, $36. The starter's $19. So actually, you're talking $100 a person by the time you've had all your courses. And we also had the French, which was, and main was $46. Wow. Yeah, it's so, great value in that alone with the drinks package and that. It's a no-brainer, isn't it? Absolutely. And then we paid extra for teppanyaki. That was $60. Um, just because they were so good. And Teppanyaki. If you're going on that ship, do teppanyaki because it was it, uh, it was amazing. Our guy. It was. We had so much fun. I've never done it before. Where it's been so much fun. So yeah, there's lots included, uh, and you you can get extras on top. Obviously, there's activities you have to pay for. There's a lot that you don't you don't need to pay for, and you know the pools. There's a massive um, kids play area, swimming pool with a baby splash pool. I did ask the guy. And children in diapers and nappies can go in the splash bit. Um, so that was that had families around it all the time. Then yeah. you've got the Vibe Beach Club, which you can pay extra for, but book way in advance because we tried to book it a couple of weeks before and it was fully booked. And what is the Vibe Beach Club? Sorry. So that's an adult only area, and I think for our sailing it was two hundred dollars. But at one stage we did we missed it. There was a buy one get one free, and we missed it. So by the time we went to book, it had gone. And that is just a, you know, like a chill out area where they've, um, there's more staff to serve you drinks. Yeah. And, is that, that price that, for a day pass or is that for a cruise pass? That's a, that was a cruise, $199 for the whole cruise. So it was oh, like, that's not I, too it, bad then. It'd have been worth it for me. There's no pole, there's hot tubs. It would have definitely been worth it for me because I wouldn't have sat by the pool. We did sit at the top of the pool one day on, on pool day. But other than that, we tended to stick to the promenade deck where it was a bit more chilled. I don't think we mentioned it, and you may have, but how much did you pay for your free at sea package for your sailing? I think it was £99. Yeah. So I worth think every is, penny. I think this has changed recently, but just to explain, the free at sea package is based on the number of nights of the sailing, so the price does change depending on how many nights you are sailing on board. Um, it is usually between £99 and $99 up to something like 349 I think, if you're going for like a really long sailing that's 18 days plus. Um, so it's definitely good value anyway if you think about it to get that speciality and then depends on the number of nights you have on your sailing you do get extra speciality you get extra Wi-Fi minutes 
you also sometimes as well if you get the free at sea all option so when they do their promotion you can also then get things like the shore excursion credit as well so you can actually then have some money for each port you go to to spend on kind of um, shore excursions if you wanted to as well so it's a really great way to kind of really kind of luxe out i guess if you want to call it that your cruise we did get that, but we saved that voucher for the Bay of Pigs because we wanted to swim with the pigs uh, and the change cool. itinerary the week before. Oh, I know. So, <laughs> so we went to their private island, which I didn't love. Um, it was, well, I think if you go to the private island, get up, get off early. And yeah. obviously, it was hammered because we were in at the same time as Viva and, is it Viva? I don't know, Prima. Prima. And you just couldn't move. And I think that's my only criticism of NCL. Because the staff were incredible. They were all really friendly. I think we had one person on the whole ship that wasn't. Um, everybody Bad was incredible. Enough. But I felt they were short staffed compared to when we went with Royal Caribbean. No, really. People, like, you, I never really had a cocktail at night because it just took oh, too long. Really? So you'd go to the bar and get a wine. I'd get a wine and soda, which is my drink anyway. But um, by the time you go to the bar, you thought, oh, I can't be asked to wait for a cocktail. But it wasn't, they were busy. They were just really busy. I think they could have done with more people on the bars. This is an important thing that's happened across a lot of the industry at the moment, though. It's been able to get staff and retain staff post-COVID oh. is really difficult for a lot of cruise lines. Um, so, yeah, and it seems to be in certain pockets. So we had a similar problem on the Conning Dam as well. They, they seem to be short-staffed to keep the bars open late. Um, so they were closing the bars earlier than usual. Like, oh. It was really frustrated us when we wanted to drink in the evenings. Like the lounge bar, the quiet bar was closing at like 11 p.m. Um, right. And to be fair, the staff were great. They were really helpful. They came over. They were like, do you want to order drinks? They were bringing over three or four drinks yeah. in one go for mm. us to sit there and enjoy the rest of the evening. Um, but yeah, it is it is difficult. And some cruise lines just still haven't got back up to those pre-COVID staffing yeah. levels at the moment. So it'd be interesting to see whether that's a common problem on NCL or whether that is just this unfortunate post-COVID yeah. staffing issue that seems to be affecting some lines more than others. Yeah, because it wasn't when we were on before, was it, Don? And okay, that was the press trip, so... They're going to throw um, everything yeah. at it. But, <laughs> I mean, uh, we tipped more than ever probably because I've just the staff. I just felt so sorry for them. They were so busy. And they were, as I say, they did it all with a smile. They they were absolute credit to the to NCL, but yeah. they were busy. Cool. So it sounds like there's a lot to do then for kind of adults and kind of the teenagers on board. But what about things like kids clubs? I know NCL are really famous for their kids clubs. Are there a lot yeah. of kids? Are the kids clubs good? And are there many of them? Yeah, they are good. Um, the NCL... Um, range of ships has five kids clubs in all. Um, the kids club on call, for instance, range from six months to seventeen years old. Um, the first kids club is the guppies. That's for the babies, which are six months to three years. Then you've got the turtles, which are for three to five year olds. The seals, which is six to nine year olds. The dolphins, which is ten to twelve year olds. And then you've got the teen club entourage, which is twelve to seventeen. And if I remember rightly, that one is all in a London oh. underground thing. They are amazing. Yeah, They're cool. Amazing. We got the chance to look in all of the different rooms last yeah. time, didn't we? Um, they are downstairs on the ship. Um, that is correct, isn't it, Sarah? Yeah, deck they were five. And they're all quite close together. That was the only thing that we thought was a little bit different to other ships we've been on, where they've been upstairs and there's been lots of light. Um, this was a bit different, but the rooms were amazing. Um, they had an indoor like sports court and everything for them. Um, yeah. Different activities, big, really, really big rooms as well. So say if you've never been on a cruise ship before and you don't know how kids' clubs work, just briefly, are these kind of um, youth activity-led so they, parents can leave their kids? 
I guess just a, a dummy's guide to how kiss clubs work on cruise ships because there may be listeners who've never sailed and don't know how kiss clubs work. Yes, well, so they normally have a cruise planner for uh, a ship cruise planner for the children as well. So they'll get a list of what's going on that day, what times the kids' clubs are open. Um, they often take them for dinner if you want them to take them for dinner as well. So there's, there's oh, lots of well. things to do, lots of activities, creative activities, um, lots of sports activities, reading time, movie nights. There's loads. The planners are normally full. Uh, we went through the cupboards when we were on the NCON call because we were we got there was no one in yeah. there so. We, we literally went through everything and had, had a look at actually what was in and the themed, the arts and crafts. So they had everything, didn't they? The facilities were incredible. Bean bags, yeah. footballs, there was everything. Little soccer tables and sort of uh, air hockey and yeah, lo- loads of stuff for them to do. And they're quite secure as well. I was going to say, it's probably worth, and again, we're probably going to do another episode where we deep dive into kids clubs and kids yeah. on sailing with kids in another episode. But just briefly then, just to talk about as well the safety of kids and just kind of obviously dropping kids off and who can pick them up. Obviously, just to explain to people who maybe have never done it before, kids clubs, they're very um, protected, aren't they? Or obviously, everyone's back-checked and background-checked, the staff who are working there. But then also as well, you have to do a sign-off list as well for who can pick your kids up from the kids clubs. And obviously, because you take your photo to get onto the cruise ship, they obviously have a photo of the person collecting them as well. So anybody who's worried about kind of the safety of their children on board, definitely the kids' clubs are really safe for them to consider if they want to have a couple of hours themselves and feel kind of peace of mind knowing their kids are going to be looked after by people who are respectable. I think that's something that definitely all cruise ships do, don't they? Yeah, and I think it's, it's only really the older children that could have self-sign out. So provided you know um, where they are, where they're going to trust where they're going, then that's probably okay. But um, yeah, generally, they are all signed in, signed out, and you have to be the person picking them up. Or designate someone else to pick them up as well. And on another note, actually, um, one of our boys is type 1 diabetic. Uh, and they were, I don't think we've been on a bad cruise ship. I think on the land resort, I wouldn't have ever left him in, in a club. But on ships, um, they always gave us a pager so that if there was any problems, they could page us if he felt his sugar was going low. But they were on the ball. He, You know, they had sex there ready for him. And I know, we, you know, we have children with other needs. They're fantastic. I think you can't beat cruise ship kids clubs for the quality, the quality of staff, the the, the level of training and the care that they give. And, you know, they're, they're not there as a nursery. The kids have yep. a great time. They don't want to come out. And like we don't sail with kids. We've heard so many stories from other kids. Uh, we've, I don't say make friends. That sounds really <laughs> dodgy, but like, you know, when the kids say, because kids do, kids have got no fear. They say, well, randomly, like we were on um, Conningstown. And a kid just randomly sat with us. <laughs> a group of gays sat in the bar drinking, and he just kind of sat with us and started, like, just telling us about what the kids' clubs were like and what he was getting up to. And I was kind of like, this is handy to know well, as a travel agent. But I was a bit like, I was like, can you sit somewhere else? Uh, but he was just explaining to me, like, how many friends he makes and how cool it is. And he came on board, he's the only child, and he was there. Then he made loads of friends. They yes. were all kind of hanging out together, making plans together. So I think it's really cool as well that the kids do have a degree of independence as well on the ship to kind of, you know, make their own friends. and They've got their own spaces that's safe for them to go to if they want to kind of do all the activities. I think, you know, definitely it's a family, it's a holiday for the whole family, isn't it? Definitely. When you're on a cruise ship, everyone has space to definitely. do their own thing. Uh, cool. Okay. So what was your cabin on board? What type of cabin did you say in this time around? So we had a balcony cabin. It wasn't a large balcony because I think NCL, they're, they're notoriously smaller, aren't they? The cabins. So when Donna and I went on, we stayed in a mini suite and it, it was like a balcony cabin. It wasn't 
little, little tiny bit bigger. Yeah, but do you know what? The, I, I loved the cabin. It was when I first went in. I thought, oh, this isn't very big. And I mean, the, the only issue was there was like a tiny gap between the sofa and the wardrobe door. But other than that, there was tons and tons of storage. And what I did really love was the bathroom was a corner shower with a door, which so really spacious shower. There was loads and loads of storage. Balcony, standard balcony size, really. But yeah, and the bed was mega comfy, really, really comfy. So no, I, I loved the cabin. The cabin was great. And actually, we had a friend that cruised with us that's only ever been on a six-star cruise. So we were all a bit like, what's she going to like it? And she was really super impressed with the cabin. She, really, she actually loved NCL. Good. Because they're just all different, aren't they? Yeah. But no, no, it was fab. That's the key thing in that every cruise line is is a little bit different. Even though, you know, um, Royal Caribbean and NCL get compared a lot, they do do things very differently from each other as well. Just that whole freestyle way of but... cruising versus Royal Caribbean, who, even though they're quite contemporary and modern, they do have a more traditional approach to cruise when it comes to kind of first seat to second seating. They have some anytime dining, but Royal, uh, sorry, NCL, sorry, it, they have completely open dining, isn't it? It's completely free for you to go and dine whenever you want. Yeah, definitely. How does that work then with regards to kind of main dining room? Because from what I've been told by by Norwegian, they have multiple dining rooms you can go to. Are you assigned to dining rooms or can you just freely choose whichever dining room you want to go to when it comes to the main dining anyway, outside of speciality? You just go when you want. Um, I think you can book on the app, but we never did. And you've got the big dining room, which is called the Manhattan Room, and it's a huge double story. We went in there twice, actually, and had really good meals. So you've got two more intimate restaurants, and they are called Savour and Taste, and they're opposite each other. And they're just smaller, more intimate restaurants. It's a bit like on, you know, Pino Ione and how they've got their pearl, and it's a bit like that. And they were really, really good. The food was excellent. It was the same menu, but you got to know the waiting staff, even though it, it was brilliant. You could just eat wherever you want. And then you had the local grill which was more pub food, you did, you wouldn't go hungry. You, it's impossible. It's cool that they have alternate options for main dining anyway. It's not a case if you've got the one dining room and that's it. It's cool that you do have, even within the included dining offering, you can pick and choose what you want as well. So there's still some degree of freedom, even when you're not doing speciality dining, which I think is a really nice yeah. touch for them as well. Yeah. And room service. I mean, I didn't see a room service menu for the after breakfast, but you pay five ninety five for breakfast room service. But do you know what? We did it every day because <laughs> I just, I think it's worth five ninety five because I, I, I want to sit on my balcony and I ordered loads of coffee. We used to order like three jugs of coffee and loads of fruit and they did an omelette for five ninety five, and then you don't have to go anywhere. So you get up in the morning and enjoy breakfast on your balcony, you know, overlooking a Caribbean island. So I really liked that about it as well. It's worth it. And those little things are more abuse taxes is the best way I can refer to them. So they're just to stop people ordering random things like an orange just well, to want an orange in the room type of thing it's just to reduce that level of people ordering small things they probably don't plan to eat but they're just doing it to have something in the room uh so it's a minor fee to kind of cover that's it it was worth it every penny i think what's really cool is norwegian's quite a large cruise line so they've got a number of ships so they offer itineraries to pretty much everywhere so you can sail obviously the caribbean is the bread and butter cruise market but they have ships in europe they have ships in asia um, they have ships in Australia. They do some really great repositioning sailings as well. So they're a really good cruise line to consider if you're somebody who maybe has sailed a lot, but you're looking for somewhere new to sail with. Norwegian's definitely got ships everywhere, so you're not going to struggle for inspiration. 
Um, if you were to offer any top tips for people who are maybe looking to sail with Norwegian or they're kind of getting on for the first time, what would be your top tips for people then who are first sailing on board a Norwegian ship? I think my top tips would be if you want to do the Vibe Beach Club, book it way. And as soon as you can book it, book it because it does sell out. And when you get on the ship, the app is amazing. So firstly, be careful of your Wi-Fi if you're intending to. But you don't need the Wi-Fi to book activities. So as soon as you get on, get yourself a spot and either go to one of the interactive wall things or do it on your phone and book any shows you want to see and any activities like the the racing and get it out of the way, okay. get it booked. It does get booked up. We book the racing on day three, but if, if there's a particular time you want to do it, then book it and just enjoy it because it's a great, it's a great ship. It's a really good, I'd definitely go back. I want to try the other one I'm keen to try one. I definitely want to get on Prima and Viva as well. So they're a mm. whole other yeah. level again with Norwegian. And again, we'll save that for another episode and talking about Prima and Viva <laughs> and how that's different from the rest of the, uh, the Norwegian cruise line fleet. But I think that's a good place to kind of end this episode mm-hmm. now for each anyway. I hope it's given you guys at home a really good overview of what it's like to sail with Norwegian and specifically on um, Encore as well. Um, so guys if you would like to have a chat to me about planning a cruise holiday if you're from the UK then I definitely would love to have a chat to you my name's Kieran the Magical Traveller you can find me on everything under Magical Traveller but my socials are Magical T-R-V-L-R and then if they want to find out some of your amazing tips and we've linked some in the description of this um, episode as well but where else can they find you guys as well online you can find us over at Cruising for All or Cruising with the Kids Um, you can find myself over at Light Love Too and Sarah you can find me over on Extraordinary Chaos. Also, we've got a Facebook group for family cruisers. So if you search Cruising with Kids in Facebook, we have a super friendly group where you can ask any questions about family cruising. Yeah, there's some great tips in there as well, especially if you're nervous about sailing for the first time with mm. kids as well and you're not sure how it's going to be. There's some great people and people are really friendly and willing to share tips and advice in there as well. So brilliant. Well, thank you for that, guys. Uh, if you have enjoyed this episode, please do give us a like and a follow. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please do leave a review. It lets Apple know that you've enjoyed this. Other than that, guys, we'll see you on the next episode. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.